There's something in, especially within intellectuals, that imagines that they can plan the world, but it's all it's all pretense, it's all pompous nonsense, really. Um, nobody knows anything. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America Show. Uh, we're going to be chatting with Jeffrey Tucker a little bit later, an economist about net neutrality. It's also a... He's the editorial director of the American Institute for Economic Research. Super proud among of it. Among many other things. Among many other things. Yeah, fascinating chat. Kind of expanded on our yeah. Truth Factory chat. Libertarian, about. volunteers, anarchist, sort of mix of them all. Yeah. And uh, well, definitely he might not market like you hear, hear that, no, no, he might not like that, but we got to paint him with some sort of a brush here. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys should enjoy it. I mean, some of you, some of you that are still a little butthurt about net neutrality might not like <laughs> it so much. But uh, anyway, we wanted to talk more about it with someone who's who's uh, been paying more attention, can kind of talk about the regulation and everything else a little bit better. And what was interesting is that I heard from a couple people. Because honestly, during when he was talking about getting paid to surf and things like that, it honestly sounds a little bit crazy. But then I started on an unrelated fucking topic. I was listening to an interview with someone about quantum computers and, and rudimentary AI and things like that. And it talks about how these things need fucking new data constantly being created. Otherwise, they fucking starve themselves. So they just need all this fucking data to just constantly be crunching and they need new data to constantly be created. So eventually, the companies that own these fucking supercomputers could feasibly fucking start giving out the internet for free and paying people to just stay home all day and fuck around on the internet so that these things can fucking... I don't know. It's hard to wrap my head around. It's it is it's it's insane. But the just, way he described I just, it, I, I just wanted to mention that to just kind of talk that there is when you when you talk to the AI people and the quantum computing people about the kind of the stuff he's talking about. It's not crazy. It's like these, but it is fucking hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, I was listening to a thing the other day about this Tyler system that is this fucking Intel chip thing, which is fucking crazy. Okay, you're, you're f bombing a little too much right now. All right, I'm just well, warn you. next we'll bring on Graham the fucking prude. No, 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 I'm just saying I'm supposed to warn you, right? If you're doing it every second oh, yeah? word, like easy, right? Shouldn't I say it? Just easy. Yeah, you should, should I just? How should I do it? That's, I don't know. You need a safe word. <laughs> Frack. You should start doing it back. No, because then it's just going to turn into a total <laughs> fuck fest. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. My mom's pretty upset right now listening. Is she? Yeah, she has a hard time with the F-bombs. She says, you're on air. I'm like, Mom, we're not on air. This isn't fucking talk radio. Sometimes we're See, on I air. said it there, but it was appropriate there. What was it? Yeah. When it's every second word, it's not appropriate. <laughs> Anyways, you got to introduce Sorry, me. Sorry, I did. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, Graham the... Prude. Oh, the prude. <laughs> <laughs> so, Graham before on, I forget... On air, Dunlop. Before I forget, uh, stick around for the outro, because Michael's in the studio, and we chat for about another 20 minutes about this episode, and we got to get into some deeper stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One of our longer outros. Yeah. Absolutely. It was good. Yeah, so, so what I'm, were you saying about the Tyler Institute and, and no, it wasn't the Tyler Institute. I inter- just, I did he's talking. Sorry. That's okay. Um, he was talking about Tyler is this like weird AI thing that was created and now has been copied a bunch of times. And he's like, this random Tyler will be running a school, or you really got to fucking listen to it. 
The guy could be a crazy like pill guy too. He looks a little like pill guy. What's like that? Pill junkie. What? <laughs> He That's, looks a little. I don't know. Come on, you can't. I don't know what to take of it. Like that, to call him pill guy. What? I, I, what? Can I get sued for that? Not at all. <laughs> Only if I mention names. Yeah, don't mention any names. Anyway, the guy seems to come off like he knows what he's talking about, but he looks sketchy. So I have trouble with it. Yeah. Anyway, it's supposed to be. But you heard about this new Intel thing. No. Which is that like every fucking computer made for the last 30 oh. years is backdoored. Well, there's only two companies doing those, right? Intel and NVIDIA or something like that, maybe? Or yeah. Maybe? It's like every Mac product. Oh, and is I that the like slowdown thing? Almost all the slowdown? fucking, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we all knew that was going on because you have no, physical no, no, evidence. No, 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 not the slowdown thing. The fact that this Intel chip seems to be a fucking backdoor into every computer system on the planet. Wow. <laughs> For the last 20 years, yeah. 30 years, it's been happening. Wow. Yeah, that, that goes back to the beginning of the chip, right? The Silicon chip and Silicon Valley, and they were involved way and, back then. Yeah. They, but who is they? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, Somebody, it's yeah. the people in power, right? They want that access. It's crazy. Yeah. It's been getting crazy lately. Seems like shit's getting crazy. It does, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to get into it too much here. We're going to do a black budget show about it soon with our buddy. Uh, we're not going to say his name because I think he wants to use a pseudonym for this one. Below. Sounds kind of pop starry. But we're going to get into a bunch of that stuff there, but it does. it is starting to seem like there's some rumblings under the surface that, you know, maybe could be coincidental, but I don't know. It seems like it could, 2018 could be a, uh, an exciting year. And you know, I haven't been paying attention as you know, for the last couple months to the mainstream sort of, I mean, I hear about it through you, you don't and seem other any people. Happier. I've, I'm worse. Yeah, off, yeah you do seem worse. I'm, I'm grumpier and I'm, it's, I'm, I should just fucking get back on the following the bullshit Something Politic, you need something facade, all just the fucking a, in, all the distraction, like you're yeah. grumpier. Yeah. Well, it's a tough time of year too. Like I find myself just fucking. But there is there, there does seem to be lots more going on now though than yeah. when I when I stopped paying. I attention. find myself exhausted at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah. After getting through, you know, you kind of got that Christmas to look forward that gets you through those short days, and you got the holiday coming out, which helps out, and, and then January, you just get into January yeah. and it's cold as fuck again, and it's yeah. like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but another couple months we'll be out of it i don't mind the cold really so much it doesn't seem to be as bad as we it's all the think. short it's days in the no sun man yeah it's like today the sun's out but the clouds are so thick you can't even barely tell yeah and it just i think that i think that physically runs you down because you're not getting enough your body gets used to getting like fucking 16 18 hours a day of sunshine and then all of a sudden it's down to like six hours of sketchy sun Unless you're a local dermatologist, because he says yeah. you only need like 15 minutes of sun or something <laughs> for three months, the guy. You know. <laughs> and, it's, and it's angular, too. So you're not getting... Like, oh, it's, it's great. On the weekend, it was just in my eyes the whole time. Cause it's yeah. Just, Never it's really like comes straight up. straight north from you. Yeah. Because the earth is flat. Yeah. Check out America.ca slash GASA, G-A-S-A, and help us prove that the world is flat or isn't flat, whichever. We're not going to cheat you, though. If it turns out to be flat, I'll eat my hat on the air. Well, it's, it's been done. This has been done. We want to do it again. People people are, you know, happy we're doing it, I guess. We're going to send a balloon up in space with a... 
Some Fucking crystals. Moai we got and... our crystal side business. People are supposed to send us ideas for business ideas. Are they? Yeah. For uh, to attach well, to the because we're gonna yeah we're gonna we might get an extra bal- a couple balloons because we're gonna we got four balloons in the budget, so we're good for like twenty seven. So does this if they go to grandamerica.ca slash gasa that uh, tells them has a bit of a breakdown there yeah I should do, I should yeah. do now that we're gonna get it rolling again I'll do a bit of an update okay um but yeah. We're good for like 27 pounds. We could even add a couple balloons, maybe get that up to like 35. And, you know, if people can get, because there could be, uh, I think there's some, we're missing out on some stuff there. It's a thing in the UK, a company doing fucking teddy bears. And in, today, in the crystal community and everything else, I don't know. I think there's something. Someone, well, people ch- charge their crystals in the moon and then the yeah, sun and all yeah. that. Like, yeah, we what do if it. it's true, you know, it's 35 it. miles. I'll get it up fucking 30 miles. miles up there. Yeah. Some crystal people were supposed to tell well, us. I'm, I'm, you know. Would you pay more? Me. I want my crystals up. For a space crystal? I want my crystals. You better start with one. So we don't want other Just in case we crystals. don't get it I, back. I, I've got a lot that I can just give So we'll try, we'll try a couple of yours and then we'll go like buy, buy a 10 pack. We'll send them up. And then we'll throw them on eBay and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> space crystals, baby. First, we should do some science around, like, if the crystals... We should talk to Nassim Harriman and, and see and send his We arc. can't even talk to Nassim Harrisman, period. Arc. He doesn't... <laughs> Harrisman. We've been harassing him. We can send his arc crystals up, and there's got to be some science Ooh, around... Those arc crystals look cool. I know. Do you have some of those? No, I don't. Are they super expensive? I think so, yeah. But we should look into it. We have to look into it. The latest Matt Belair episode had him on, because um, Matt was in our show there. Talking about his Egypt trip and ancient civilizations. And actually, Matt's got two episodes out, but he talks about the art crystals. And I mean, I've got a whole email from a listener, like outlining the people that were in Egypt. We should really get some of those guys on. And one of them being the person that made those art crystals. But there's probably some science around the crystal being up in the upper atmosphere and getting way more energy from the sun or the moon or whatever. Yeah, there's got to be. There's got to be. I'm going to send up some weed seeds. Cosmic weed. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Right, well, there's a couple good other ideas. ideas that we can't, we haven't thought of. Yeah. Like, even like, we'll send sperm? up some vitamin D. Sperm? Gram sperm, yeah. <laughs> we're working at, what if you set up, send we, up sperm and it gets like, and then cosmic, what are you going to do with it after? Inseminate. Who are you going to inseminate? I'm just saying, so people need, that are doing we need that. A, we, need a, <laughs> we need some volunteers to send us some semen. <laughs> <laughs> you can address that to Graham. <laughs> we'll send it to space and send it back. Could you keep it alive? I don't know. It gets too cold, I think. Could you cryo freeze it and then have it thaw out up there or something? I don't know. That seems like what if it like damages it? Well, that's the whole thing is you want to test what it does to it, right? Maybe it'll like, yeah, just come back with expense? superpowers or something, you know, like with cosmic. What if it goes the other way? The what if it goes the other way? I don't think it will. <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping. Because you'd feel pretty guilty if you made a, you know, a mutant. Yeah, maybe. Now you're responsible for yeah. this thing. Grand, mu- grand mutant. <laughs> You just have to take it on, get it in school. Yeah, yeah, it's in the studio. Yeah. Oh, it's growing really fast. 
<laughs> it's getting expensive to feed. <laughs> Grab mutant. <laughs> Grab hackeramerica.com. So what do you got for me, buddy? Jerry H-A-M. yeah. Well, I mean, I've got an email here from David. Uh... And it's uh, talking about this topic of net neutrality and, and our last episode with the Truth Factory. Kind of jingle. So I want to uh, spam, Graham. Graham, Graham. And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. By the people. So greetings, Graham. Just listen to your pod with Kat. One thought on net neutrality. I was like you, not sure what to think. On its face, getting rid of net neutrality as a plethora of merit. I decided to find out who owns all the internet providers. It's the same companies that own the MSM. I fucking hate the MSM. 70% of the people in the U.S. have to use Comcast or Charter, formerly Time Warner. Where I live in Washington State, there are only four choices. Comcast, Dish, DirecTV and CenturyLink for high-speed internet. Comcast VP David Cohen said in 2016 that the big companies don't compete with each other because it's too expensive to do so. Look it up. Back to my point, think of how the MSM is run. Only six companies. Internet providers are run and owned by the same corporations. If you expect the same fucks that run the MSM to change their MO for the internet, well... I don't know what to tell you. Thank you for what you guys do. David from Washington State. But doesn't Comcast also offer like HBO and a bunch of on-demand stuff and like uh, cable and all this other stuff that you can kind of get that isn't like mainstream news? See, the problem with the internet was that ever since its inception, it was going to be tied to the big companies because it's in its infancy, it relied on telephone lines, which means the telephone companies were going to have a fucking uh, uh, a monopoly. A ga- a gate, a gate so for the first fucking 10 or 15 years, the telephone companies had a monopoly because it was dial-up. And then it split off into DSL, which is still using the existing telephone lines. And um, cable, which is using the existing fucking, and they run new lines and and, Fiber and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I think the fact that the television systems are still running on cable and telephone lines and things like that is a, a good example of what happens when the government gets involved and regulates the shit out of things. And you can't really get into starting a new thing because... You don't have a billion dollars to run the new lines. And I don't know. I just find when the government gets in, that business all of a sudden gets a whole lot harder to get into. And I I just don't buy it that, you know, for the first 25 years or whatever of the internet, things were fine. Right. But run by these monopolies, first the telephone companies, then the, and, and now you've got these fiber companies coming up like, um, we can get fiber here. I mean, we still hear there's two companies. That's it. We've got two companies to choose from in Canada with net neutrality. And we've got a couple different speeds to choose from, and that's it. And if you want to get into fiber and stuff like that, it's like six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month. 
So, I mean, we've got that in Canada and we're stuck. So I don't know. I just, I like to think that if you just give it to the free market, maybe we'll get past, you know, if we can, let's have this untouched internet that keeps the government and the fucking regulations out of it and see what the fuck happens. Cause we don't really have a good example of that in a telecommunications market or an entertainment market or any sort of market. So now all of a sudden we have this thing that anyone get into and blah, blah, blah. So let's just leave it the fuck alone and see what happens. Because right now, these companies aren't doing any of the horrible things. And they didn't do it for the first 25 years. And I don't think they're going to start doing it now. And not only that, I, I like Well, they to are think, doing horrible things. In well, a they're way. always the doing MSM, ho- I mean, they're, they're his, his fear is legit things. with the MSM. I mean, yeah. it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. But the guts, I think that's because the government's getting involved. And I mean, the, the MSM. Not in is, the MSM. The MSM has basically been co-opted by the government, in my opinion. No, not the government. I mean. So and I think if you get the government, start getting the fucking government involved in, in the internet, you're going to have the same shit in 10 years where you can't cuss and me like me and you can't have a show because we're not licensed. You're going to get into fucking licensing. And things like that. So is his premise, is his feel of this email then uh, that, trust that, that the government. trust the government to regulate from those companies, from those yeah. corporations that have got a stranglehold, potentially got a stranglehold yeah. on that eventually? Which then my fear is then we're still going to be using fucking cable and telephone lines for the internet and fucking Instead of 50 our years little now, Wi-Fi mini networks or something like that. Instead of who knows, maybe if we leave it to the free market and these guys get crazy, then other people invent other things in their fucking basement. And you know, it just... Tends to keep happening, so I don't I don't see why it would stop. And I'd like to just leave the internet untouched as its own little experiment and see what happens. And I like I I tend to believe that if fucking the corporations start doing crazy shit like that, then other options are going to arise. Yeah, maybe it might be harder to tame than the original cable and the MSM because that the MSM is falling apart. Yeah, really, the whole that whole structure. People are going to the the streaming. They're going to YouTube. They're going to Netflix. They're going, and I mean, I'm not saying that's not mainstream, but then they're going to podcasts and all this other independent content. So, yeah, I, I my think fear that, is the independent content will go away after. I mean, it's not going to happen right away, but it's slowly going to turn into that. It's slowly going to turn into that fucking. You can't even be on the me and you can't even go out with an FM broadcaster, and that's illegal. So what I was getting is a little harder to control. It's a little easier to control the MSM and the cable side of things. I think the internet's more of a wild card. You know, it's harder for them to, they might have control over the get, I don't know. I don't know. Like they, I guess they have a monopoly over access to it, but I mean, I don't think they can just turn it off. Like maybe they can, but I trust them more than the government. Fuck, that's a tough one, eh? I trust them more than the government to fucking not shut, to shut shows like us down. And not even just us. I mean, shows that are a lot more high profile and taking on a lot tougher subjects than we are. They're just going to start to disappear. But the other thing is that it's going to turn into a, a mess that you see on YouTube happening already. Is that, you know, the government gets involved and, and. I don't know. I think the whole censorship, the whole, more yeah, censorship will be happening. It, exactly. Compared to just the corporate censorship. Exactly. I don't know. That's Hate a tough speech. one. Uh, that's, could that, be corp- that could be more corporate. I mean, what, what's to say that it's not easier for a corporation who's got a really <clears throat> uh, political point of view that they shut, they censor things the way they want. I don't yeah. know, man. It's a, it's a tough call. I, I guess know. at the end of the day, I'll, I'll put my eggs in the basket of the person that can't fucking 
put me in jail. Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, it's never going to get smaller with the government. Because, I mean, we see that. We see what, I mean, we see the results of what we've got with our net neutrality in Canada. We've got two companies to choose from. Technically, in in Chestermere, we've got one. Because Shaw doesn't even have high speed here yet. They've never bothered to run the lines. So I can get six up and six down with TELUS. Or with Shaw, I can get the 150 and that's it. And look what happens with WestJet and Air Canada. Our two airlines. And we pay $150 a month for that. 200 with cable. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Just for the internet's 150. Two airlines and we pay way more than the States. Not only that, but you go to, you go to check flights on those and they're a dollar apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one, this one's 272 and this one's 272. Yeah. You're like, how do they get to be the exact same price from these two airlines that Different we have to choose from? Now, I mean, some people could say, well, there's the point about the corporate corporations right there and their monopolies. But I mean, the governments have been subsidizing one of those. Yeah. So the, it's, it's, it's a big fucking mess of government subsidies and airlines. So how do we know what, the government, what is to fucking me, free competition? To me, I, I, I look at the, like, fucking public schools and, like, I mean, even airplanes. For example, that the government has fucking regulated the shit out of, and we're still traveling around the world the same way we were 50 years ago. Not a whole lot has changed. All yeah. these other industries have changed fucking insane yeah. amounts. Yeah. But the airline industry is the same. The fucking school systems are the same. Yeah. Yeah, These really are the things the fucking things government down. is it fucking running. Well, and the they can't private keep up sector to, is yeah. fucking gonzo. Yeah. So let's let the internet be gonzo. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know, and if we're wrong, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the email, David. Just spread a little bit of conversation there. Conversation. What else do you want to talk about? Support the show? Yeah. We can't do it without you, listeners. We can't. Really, we really can't. We didn't plan on it to be like this, but oh. that's the way it turned it out. That's how it turned out. <laughs> Absolutely, and especially in the winter, things are a little more expensive in the winter. And yeah, check out grammarica.ca/support if you can, guys. We are uh, getting through those kind of holiday doldrums, so if you can check out grammarica.ca/support, sign up for a monthly if you can. Go into 2018 with a clear conscience. And get those extra black budget episodes at the same time. I think there's like 14, 15 in there. We're going to do some more of the trivia show ones coming up right away here. We're going to have B-Lo on. All kinds of fun stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of the trivia one, I was going to mention too. Felix and I were talking about maybe doing getting the listeners involved on a little trivia. for. We're coming up on our five-year anniversary, which I think is kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, we might as well celebrate that. So for we sure, might as well. Yeah. And, I can't believe how fast it's. We're gone. real bad for the last four years for like planning. planning it like the week before. Yeah. So here we've got like five and a half months. We, I mean, I think we were officially launched on like May twenty third, but we just call it June first because it's easier. Do we? And we plan to launch June first, and then we just launched early. So we'll just do it June first. Okay. Ish. I mean, we we don't usually do it on the exact day, anyway. Yeah, it'll be it'll be. But that week is our yeah, kind of five week. year anniversary. Yeah. Um, so January, February, March, April. Oh, that's a long ways away. Yeah. So we have plenty of time, but we're kind of planning this thing, and and if it's going to work out, we're going to need a little bit of time. So I think we're going to do a little trivia show. We had a couple people suggest that listen to our our black budget trivia show, doing something like that with some listeners, or or doing actual Grimerica trivia. 
which is really tough to start 260 episodes in. Like we can't expect Felix to go back and try and come up with Grimerica questions. No, let's not do Do you want to, who said, is that, was that a suggestion or are you, no. is that you right now? Just no, that's just, that? no, we're not going to do it like that. We're going to have listeners send in stuff. No, I know, but I don't think it should be Grimerica focused though. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, it should be focused around not just Grimerica, but those topics. It can be Grimerica or guests. It's that the, yeah, the gag of it to, is it's supposed, supposed to be to... stuff that we should know, but we're not going to know. That's the gag of it. Yeah, who came up with that gag? You, Michael. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have the listeners send in their question. Or it could be on. Any, I thought we were supposed to be episode, against somebody else, against another podcast, though. Like it was no, that's what we do in the black mistake. budget. Feed. Oh, okay. Those, that's we're going to keep doing that. Oh, I see. We got to do game two of cruising with stake oh, here in yeah, like a week and a half. Okay. And then FTK already wants friends to know. Uh-huh. Justin and Adam want a okay, piece of us for sure. Yeah. And then uh, we're supposed to go still with. Um, Micah? Tripoli. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure we could get Micah and them in for one, too. So that'll be an ongoing thing in the black budget. But for the five-year thing, I think what we'll do is we'll do it kind of Grimerica-based around the show and the 270 episodes and all the guests we can have on. Okay. So, okay, so the questions fine. could be about any guest we've had on, any intro, anything we've mentioned in the past on the show can just be about Or anything. topics, even related topics. Or even related topics. So it kind topics. of fucking blows the thing wide open. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. But it adds yeah. the answer to it could be like a quote from episode 120 thing. But anyway, it'll be Grimerica trivia. So here's how it's going to work. You send in a question and you get, if you send in the question with the Felix, you send it to Felix, not to Graham and I. Uh, we'll put Felix's email in the show notes. Actually, maybe we'll make him one. We'll make him a sender yeah. or something like yeah. that. So we don't have to give away his email. Um, and then, so we'll, you guys send in a question. And if you send in a question, your name's in the draw. If you send in more than one question, your name's in the draw. And I think what we'll do is when we get to, for that five-year special, we'll have, so by then, ideally, hopefully, we'll have a bunch of questions, and Felix is going to, we'll do a draw, and we'll have, we'll figure it out. You know, two or four people come on that get drawn their name. Does he want to, does he read the person, like, no, this he's going he's from- to track it. So he'll, he's going to do it like that. And what he'll do is he'll make sure whoever ends up getting their name drawn is on the show, doesn't get asked their own question. So then what we'll do is for the five-year show, it'll be me and you against maybe two teams of listeners or, or it'll be against a couple of listeners. Why don't and- we just do me against you for that show? Or do you want to get, I don't mind no, getting we should the get the listeners involved. involved. Okay. It just turns into a bit of a shit show. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Too many people it'll be involved. a shit show. Yeah, it'll be a shit show for sure. We'll do like f- maybe four of us or something like that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. No, it's going to okay, be uh, you and I will be on a team, I think. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Okay. It against... would be fun to go against each other. Yeah, too. we should do that. We should yeah. do that sometime, too. Yeah. Maybe we, I team up with a couple of listeners, Team Graham and Team Darren. Yeah, we could do it like that. That'd be a good way. Yeah, that'd be a fun way. Team Graham. And then Felix will go through and ask the questions, and we'll do it like that. Okay. And we'll see who Okay, wins. so we're thinking about that now. We're trying to plan ahead of time, yeah. which is good. Five, we're open five to suggestion, later. too, yeah, if yeah. you have another idea or a better idea. Not suggestion. That sounds like brainwashing. We, suggestions. We don't want to get into... Like I thought about doing a compilation show with a bunch of past no, guests. No, no, let's no, too, no, nah, let's no, do it. No, let's no, keep let's it listener focused. And did you tell people how to get access to the black budget? Because we are putting extra normal content out. Like we've been putting two episodes a week out twice a month kind of thing. Like it's been yeah. four to six, sometimes seven episodes a month. So we are doing more here. 
Yeah. Hoping for more support as well. And that access, that support, any support, any yeah. monthly, any regular you, donation. Access to the block budget. Which apps. we just put extra content in again, but it's that's more, sort of the, more. That's where all the trivia game shows against other podcasts end up too. Yeah. And then there'll be, and there's a bunch of other weird, weird sort of more sometimes controversial, sometimes just more strange episodes. That's right. Yeah. And I am still going to release the jingle apps app too. That's just a compilation of all the jingles ever sent in. Cool. Yeah. In the black budget app? No, I think I'll just do that in the regular feed. No? Should that be black budget? Yeah, maybe. That's pretty lame black budget content. <laughs> okay. I dropped my pen. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, I got um I got a little um couple couple of emails regarding our Grant Cameron episode and one of them's a synchronicity. I want a good skull from a synchronicity Graham reads it out, then Darren might give it to me Hey, don't you please read it low, yeah, yeah This is from your buddy Cause in Winterpeg I, We think it's My cold here, yeah, this is oh, like yeah, it's when, been real Winterpeg cold is, Winterpeg is uh, crazy So he says, hey guys, I was listening to your recent incredible interview with Grant Cameron Today at work, that's episode 243. Actually, I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, says, he took us on an incredible journey through some of his experiences. It was neat to hear of his incredible experience in Carmen, Manitoba, since I've been living in Winnipeg for half my life now. It was great to hear somebody on your show so fascinating that hail from this city. But he touched upon a name that I recognized from about 16 years ago through my discovery of the Coast to Coast AM's radio call-in show, and that name was George Knapp. I recall him filling ah, it. I tweeted George Knapp today. No way. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Keep going. That's weird. Keep going. I'll pull it up. I recall him filling in for Bell and Nori. Obviously, he's talking about Art Bell and George Norrie hosting the show here and there and occasionally on the Sundays. I remember that as well. Now me managing part of the accounts payable division of a large auto body repair company. I'll get calls from time to time from out of part out from out parts vendors. So about a half hour after I listened to the section of the interview where Grant spoke about George, I got a call from a vendor that I'd never heard of before and was from out of state that I do not oversee. The name of that vendor was Coast to Coast International. <laughs> the hair on my arm stood up and I got a grin on my face and I knew I had to send this one over and bet it. But it was a small, a small synchro, but he says, keep up the awesome work. That's from Cause. Thanks, buddy. Cause. That's, Kill that's, a cause. That's pretty good. And I think Grant, uh, Grant, Grant, Darren will compound the synchro right about Compound now. this motherfucker. All right, what do we got here? Ugh. Too many people tweet. Oh, did I go back too far? Huh. Okay, so... <laughs> where is it? Did I delete it? No, it couldn't be. Okay, yeah, so we got... So it all started with... Uh, so George Knapp tweeted out, Please don't shoot Bigfoot. Yeah, George, he, no. George Knapp tweeted an article that is, uh, is it legal to shoot Bigfoot? And his, he 
prefaced it with, please don't shoot Bigfoot. Nice. He's on my camp. And He's then, in my camp. And that. then the Kraken, which is our buddy Ken, he runs the Grand America subreddit, which is, I think, reddit.com slash r slash Grand America. Thanks, Ken. He uh, said, listen to the man, Grand America. And I said, if he comes on the show, I'll consider it. And he said, so he says, you heard him, George. Go on, Grand America, and save the Sasquatch. And that's the last I should have linked to our shirt that has me fucking saving Sasquatch, taking a bullet for the for the beast. So we'll see if uh, George responds. Does George know we have memes around that and everything? Probably, Probably not. not. All right, George. but we did meet George, both of us. What at paradigm? Yeah. Nah, that was the other George. Oh yeah, right. This is Nap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have another. Wait, is his name even George? Uh, no. It's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> George Knapp? George Norrie? Yeah, they're George, both George. Norrie. Is it George Norrie? Yeah, that's right. Oh, God. Mustache guy. Who wants a mustache ride? Are you gonna fucking Is it be... George Norrie? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's gotta be. Oh, now it feels really that feels really odd. <laughs> we have his book here too. I'm sure it's George Norrie. Is it? Sounds okay. right, yeah. Did you have something else? Yeah, I got another one uh, here about the Grant Cameron episode, just to expand on that a little bit. And that's an email from Alex. He says, uh, so this is kind of a, a UFO uh, sighting as well, I think. Do you want to play a jingle? No. Okay. Hello, Graham. I have to admit your show is probably my favorite over No Agenda and the Higher Side Chats. Bingo. Bingo, bango. That's fucking... There was an episode I listened to. There was an episode I listened to over two years ago where it was mentioned that if you want to see UFO-like phenomena, then you have to look at the skies most nights. I had been doing this for roughly six months from my house near Pembroke, Ontario, and one night in August last year, I saw something in the southern sky that seemed to fit the description of Charlie Red Star. The object pulsated slowly. When it was at its dimmest, it was about as bright as the average star. When it was at its brightest, it appeared almost as a fireball. By far the brightest thing in the sky. That's not even the most striking thing about this object. As it traveled from west to east, it flew in a serpentine pattern like a sine wave. Huh. We've seen similar things in our C-SETI group, Baron. It was, it was moving quite quickly across the sky, and after about 15 seconds, it bolted south in a streak of light. It was an incredible sight and something I'll never forget. The Grant Cameron episode and mention of Charlie Redstar compelled me to disclose my sighting. Keep up the great work, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Awesome. Grant Cameron. So, might as well continue on that vein. I've got a UFO. Okay, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 the... no. Okay. There we go. <laughs> we had the new moon, dark sky, which is great. <laughs> Had a plan camping, pitched a tent, went back there for the night. Crystal clear. Darkest night. Pow. So I had to read that meditation, did the singing bowl, and that shit starts happening. Pow, pow, pow. We started seeing flash bulbs. Streakers coming down. Grim them up. Okay, okay, good. Lovely. Lovely. Okay. So I got this for today. This morning, six thirty. I've been and he's only no, sent no, it to no, me, no. so I'll read no, it. I've been talking to him, emailing him. I'm booking him. So the subject is Darren. I've been interacting with UFOs for three years using lasers, and I implore you to read this. 
So I just what I, I what? Okay, go ahead. What no, you, you can't. You can't. I can't read this. No. no. Why not? <laughs> you got to edit this out. What? I'm not <laughs> editing this out. There's yeah. no chance that's happening. What? You can't do it. Why? Because I didn't say I'll, his I'll last tell you name. Later. You didn't say his last name. No. Okay. He's supposed to be anonymous. This is a pseudonym. It's a pseudonym. Okay. <laughs> He's coming on. Is he? Yeah. Okay, so I got this. <laughs> Darren, I can relate as a kindred and enlightened spirit that yeah, wants got, to see our species reach the higher paths of evolution and consciousness. I desire the truth, the universal truth that we are entitled to know and share. I'll introduce myself briefly. My grandfather was an engineer. What? <laughs> Why are you shaking your head? You want to wait for the episode? He seems like he sent it to me to read. Wow, it's incredibly long. Yeah, it's very, very long. Jesus. So you don't think I should read it? No, you got. In fact, you got to. I'm not editing this. Out. Out. There's no chance that's happening. <laughs> well, say your quote then, since <clears throat> you've ruined my segment. Well, I've been communicating <laughs> with him, and he wants to be anonymous, and he'll come he on the is show. Anonymous. But he's, he's not anonymous because you just said his name. Well, there's a million, <laughs> million, million. Okay, we'll see what happens. <laughs> if he breaks contact, I can always read the email. No, fuck. I don't want it. No, I can't. He's a kindred spirit. Is he? Yeah. Well, then there's a million kindred spirits named. Okay. Anyways, I, I've Did got I say more. his background? He said his, his family's background. I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this offline and we'll figure it out. And you might, you might get some bleeps in this episode. And that was us editing this a little bit, which we rarely, rarely do barely ever. But no this bleeps. might be, this might be the case. So, so I've got this UFO quote of the week from the CIA.gov, the reading room. This is the CIA's own website. And it says, this is declassified in part sanitized copy approved for release. And this is the 50 year, at 50 year, 2014, June 12th, Bangor, Maine. Hmm. That was just handwritten on this document. What was? Bangor, Maine. Is that a place in Maine? Yeah. A place called Bangor? Yeah. Huh. So the title of this article is Mystery Makes Life More Interesting. Well, we see that the House Space Committee is planning another investigation. Wait, isn't this supposed to be a UFO quote? Well, it's part of the UFO quote segment, but it's an article from the CIA okay. website that's been sanitized. You've, we've done this before a lot. So we're just like the conduit to the from the CIA. Who's going to love it? For the CIA conduit. <laughs> Well, we see that the House Space Committee is planning another investigation of the UFO mystery. We can't say we are greatly stirred by this development. Yet, curiosity will prevent us from ignoring whatever developments may turn up. Officially, the Air Force has been insistent for years that there is no mystery about the mystery. The UFOs they contend are simply meteors, weather balloons, plants, planets. Is that what it says? Planets and such. Still, the Air Force can't prove its case because UFOs don't stay long enough to be positively identified. 
They are long gone before they can be scientifically on-the-spot verdict. Several prominent people are not satisfied with the Air Force stand. They include Admiral R.H. Hillencotter, formal chief of the CIA, Senator Barry Goldwater, and House Speaker John McCormick. So we say, get on with the UFO inquiry. We'll be listening. Next to a whodunit, there's nothing like a what was it. What was it? And there's your CIA fucking tidbit <laughs> for the day. What else could we do? Let's go to the CNN website and start reading an article. <laughs> That's a little different. Is it? Yeah, man. They're tracking this shit for decades. And we're going to explore some of it on the show. Okay. <laughs> there you have it. All right. Let's so. get back to the quote next week. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the uh, the chat. It's a fun one. This is a fun one. We had a good time with this one, for sure. Um, yeah. Tucker is a lot of fun. Yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah. And he's a smart dude. So... You don't want to listen to us? Well, we can't even figure it out amongst ourselves. But anyway, listen to Jeffrey. Let us know what you think. Jeff, Jeffrey Tucker here. He's the editorial director of the American Institute for Economic Research, uh, CEO of Liberty Me, an author. He's into the cryptocurrency, all kinds of uh, interesting stuff on economics and and Bitcoin and freedom and liberty. And and we're going to talk to him about net neutrality tonight. Darren's uh, wanting to learn a little bit more about that. So uh, without further ado, welcome to the show, Jeffrey. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks. It's a, is this a boring topic? No, I hope not. No, no I, none of it is. I, I don't mean, think so. And the polarization sure. is like through the roof. Oh, right. Like a couple of weeks ago, it was like flooding my uh, Twitter account. It was like, you know, it, it was like the, the great civil rights issue of, of the millennial generation. You know, give us our net, net neutrality. You know? <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing, I must say. Yeah, well, it's not only that. I mean, the amount of people like I've got people who I who I respect as tech people, to to a certain extent, oh, that, that that are sitting there and telling me that you know Twitter is going to be seven bucks and Facebook's going to be, and it's like, you know, I know, I I, can't, I I honestly can't believe it. I know, I know. Yeah, it's so funny to me. You know, it's the, the people who say these things. You know, basically what they're saying is the market doesn't work. We can't have the market because then we're going to be charged for a bunch of things and we're going to be annoyed by it. And it's all a little bit silly. I mean, I'm so glad net neutrality is gone because it gives the Internet a chance to 
to take to, to go to the next level. It's like we've been on hold for almost three years now, uh, thanks to this crazy uh, federal government regulation that gave massive privileges to content providers and and incumbent ISPs, and they all work together. You know, because the Obama administration is basically was 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 was. <laughs> you know, look, they're they're sweetheart humanitarians and everything, but they didn't know anything about economics, and they were scrambling all the time. And and they they implemented net neutrality as a kind of Federal Reserve for the internet. You know, it's like <laughs> right. So let's get the big, let's bring in all the big stakeholders. Let's see what they want. You know. And that, that's what net neutrality was. It was like, okay, so now we've got Netflix and we've got Amazon and all the incumbent Facebook, all the incumbent players, what do they want? They want free access. You know, they want access to everybody's homes without being charged for, uh, you know, with having free access, basically. You know, they, they wanted to fix prices. And, 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 and so then the Obama administration went to Verizon and they went to uh, uh, Comcast, and they went to all the big uh, providers, and they said, "Yeah, shouldn't you give, you know, e equal access to everybody who wants it?" You know, <laughs> and they're like, "Well, yeah, not so much." However, and this is what all producers in in the history of government regulation uh, have concluded: we are willing to pay this price, provided. You can fix in place a system that will apply to our, 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 our competition. So we can build a moat around ourselves and therefore exclude uh, uh, what, you know, the people we really fear around the corner. And, and we can lock down the system for ourselves. So that's what net neutrality was. It was, it was a kind of cartel between content providers and, and ISPs to stop progress and, 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 and limit access to the, next, to, uh, to the next level. And that's where we were stuck for like three years until, until just a couple of weeks ago, you know? And so I'm so grateful for the repeal of net neutrality that I know that like today, um, wherever you are, you know, you're in Kansas, you're in a, a weird subdivision and, and, and Virginia, you know, you're, you're sort of languishing somewhere in, in Oregon and you've only got one or two uh, suppliers and you, you're afraid you're going to get charged by Twitter. <laughs> you know, you're afraid that net, uh, that uh, Facebook is going to be dinging you $3 a month. And I can't promise you that that's not going to happen like immediately. But what matters is that we need a competitive process in place. And, and if, 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 if the charges get too high, I promise you, there are people waiting in the wings that are ready to destroy your <laughs> local monopoly. I mean, they, they're, they're so hungry to smash your lack of alternatives. And, uh, uh, and, and in the future, I think it's not just that you will get lower prices. I think you, you might end up being paid for every bit of surfing you do if we have the right competitive system in place. But we've, we had to destroy net neutrality in order to get to, to set the, uh, 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 the a playing field of competition in place. And I think that's what that's that's where we're going. 
So the way you say that makes sense to me for sure. So why why are so many people and and people that we yeah. like, like Darren was saying like n- normally sort of open minded about a variety of topics that we talk about on the show. And I mean we're not we're, we we stay in the middle on a lot of things really. But why why are so many well, people I came out pretty vocal against net neutrality? Yeah, you did in yeah. the end. Yeah. I took a lot of shit for it too. Yeah, you came out vocal. But why why are so many people not realizing this? I think uh, I think. It has something to do with the meme culture. I mean, we've got a whole generation of people that want to be activists for something. They want to defend human dignity and human rights, which is cool, right? They want to do the right thing. And somehow defending that neutrality became the thing. Um, and I, I, I don't think it's, it was just a, a – you know, that was, that was it. It became a meme, essentially. And, and a lot of people hadn't thought carefully about the subject. Uh, thought, well, I want to make a difference in the world. So they began to retweet from that neutrality stuff. But it's not just that. There's another factor too, and I, I and I hesitate to even bring it up. And I don't think I've ever spoken about this publicly. But but part of me suspects that we've got a generational divide. Like, let's say you live in an apartment complex, and it's a um, an apartment com- complex with a diverse demographic: some old people, some middle-aged people, and some young people. So young people are. Uh, downloading torrents all the time. You know, uh, you know, they're, they're working uh, contractual jobs or driving for Uber. And they're sitting at home uh, consuming massive, massive bandwidth. And, and they're living right below some old lady, you know, who, who just, the only thing she knows that, that the internet is for is to uh, boot up her AOL account and, and see if she's heard from her grandkids, right? So she's using very little bandwidth. And and the young generation is using a ton of bandwidth. And I think there was a kind of an intuition on the part of the young demographic that they're benefiting, that, that, that basically the old people and the young people are being, everybody's being charged the same, for the same access. And they have some sense that they want to continue to benefit from this, from this system, you know, which they're, they're high users and they're getting the low level users to subsidize them. So I think that's why it, it kind of fleshed out that way in a, in a demographic sense. And it's kind of a cruel way to put it, but I really feel like that's, that's essentially it. Um, uh, but I think it's very short-sighted. Like young people too, even heavy users, should favor the repeal of net neutrality because ultimately what you really want, you want to get a flyer in your door from the coolest, newest uh, 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 system of internet access that is not just charging you, you know, ten dollars a month or a buck a month, but even better, they want to pay you ten dollars a month uh, to surf the internet. They're like, we love your torrenting. You know, we love that you're a heavy user. We're going to pay you for your attention because you're so dedicated to your internet usage. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and that's what's going to happen. That, that will happen if we have a competitive system. Uh, we don't have one yet, but we had to get rid of net neutrality in order to inspire the creation of that. And that, I believe, is our future. We're, I think in the future, we're all going to be making money by surfing. I mean, I, I've, I've, this, is, this is where we're headed. Because your mental bandwidth is the most valuable commodity there is. What you pay attention to there are entrepreneurs out there willing to pay you for how you use your brain. And, and I, th- I think young people that were, 
somehow stuck on this idea of net neutrality were not visionary enough. They don't see the future. Well, and where are I, they? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. It just no, that's it out. <laughs> where are we with that? Because I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Yeah. With the different podcasts, they all have different models and, you know, one provides content for like $5 a month. Another one provides for half, you get half for free and then the other half for $5. And another model is free and we're just hoping that you give us, you know, those are just the ones that I'm kind of thinking of. Right yeah, now. no, I get it. And that's, where we are, that's where we are today. But, you know, I mean, like, and it's you, trying to find its, it's trying to find its, like, there's got to be, like, almost a, you know, the internet to me is a utility and it needs to be priced as such. And I think that maybe has a lot to do with the net neutrality aspect of it all. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know what it means to say it's a utility. If, if it's like, like gas or electricity. Um, I don't think you the want internet, to... the bandwidth that you're using. You should be paying for just that much, just like with gas yeah, or I, with electricity. I, but, that, but, but, but gas is also not competitively provided to you or electricity. I mean, you're, you're being charged for things and, and, uh, and on a monopoly provision, I hope that our future of internet is not about monopolies. Uh, uh, and I think without monopolies, that, that's right. Yeah. The free yeah. market would make it so that monopolies can't exist. Yeah. Right. Well, we, I mean, we have monopolies now because it's not a free market. I, it's not a free market. And, 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 and just so that I'm clear, um, I don't think the repeal of net neutrality makes it a free market. I, I think it, it, it gets us in the right, uh, in, into the right, yes. the right yes. direction. But um, like we had to get through this step. But um, in the future, I hope that we're going to have endless competition. I. You know, um, you should you should be able to uh, choose between twelve different providers, as far as I'm concerned. You know, well, right? geez, like, in, right. I mean, in Canada here, we just for cable, for example, and the internet comes in a package. Like we basically have, I think, two two, two main ones to choose from, and you're stuck paying. Like if you want a fast internet. And some basic cable, which I mean, I don't even want, but it's not even worth not getting at this point. Um, <clears throat> I know Michael probably doesn't have cable, but we're looking at two hundred bucks, two hundred bucks a month around. If you know, and we're stuck, we're stuck with that. I mean, we basically to pay. I mean, I could get internet for cheaper than that, but I mean, the package deal that we're we're sold between these one well, or two I companies just have is, and, I, and it's a hundred, and for the one fifty, which is what I need really. Is uh, 120 bucks a month, there and I have so. two choices. Actually, I only have one choice because if I switch to Telus out here, they don't have high speed yet. So if I switch to Telus, I can only get six up, six down. So if I want any real high speed, it has to be Shaw. Yeah, that's it. So you have one choice. One choice. Luckily, they only charge me 120 bucks a month. <laughs> you know, I I, I, I hope you don't mind my telling the, the a goofy story about Atlanta, where I live in Atlanta, Georgia, but I live in an apartment complex that like 10 years ago, I made a contract with the internet uh, a, a provider called Broadstar. And this is the worst company ever. Oh, right? no. Uh, yeah, what? You know about this company? No, no. I could just imagine 10 years no, ago. It, no, it was so bad. And when I moved here, yeah, I mean, like, it like ruined my life. I mean, you know, this company was just like it was shutting down all the time. I had to have my, what or, you know, what do you call it? You know, like hotspot, AT and T hotspot, <laughs> using it all the time. They were charging gazillion dollars, and I was getting nothing. I was trying to watch Netflix. It would like flake out and whatever. 
But, you know, one of the funny things I've learned, and I hope you don't mind my saying this, over the course of uh, uh, sort of growing up at the digital age, is that, is that when things are bad, that's good. Because people get pissed, and people, like, scream and yell. And if there's even a modicum of comp- uh, competition left in the system, um, the providers adapt. And so I... So I had a lot of my friends move out from my apartment complex. They were like, oh, the internet sucks here. I'm out of here. I'm done. But I hung on because I, I just know that, like, people are bitches, basically. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and if I could, like, inspire some sort of revolutionary movement, you know, here in my apartment complex, we would eventually figure out a way to intimidate these assholes and to, <laughs> and to getting better. And it turns out we did, right? So I led a movement. You know, uh, a mail campaign, email campaign, just you know, public humiliation, uh, you know, bad Google reviews, and so on. Eventually, the company came around, and they got terrified that they were going to be sued uh, for for what's clearly an illicit and unjust system. And they got they got tremendously scared of it. Just the masses were extremely upset. So. One day they just upgraded all their hardware and software and firmware, and now we're getting uh, like uh, 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 we've all been given two two different connections, each a hundred down. So now I've got like more more, more internet panic than I know what to do with, and all the people who moved away moved away uh, feel like you know, they're lame. And I'm my only my only worry is that our internet is so awesome now that that our my rent's going to go up actually. So. <laughs> Um, so that's what you have to do. You know, you just, you just press and press and press and, and then it just gets better. But the cool thing about having it localized like that is that you can actually make a difference if it's federalized and you have, you know, like the Obama administration, you know, just like putting some rule for the nation, then you don't have a voice anymore. Well, that's what we feel like here with the two choices that we have. It feels governmental. I mean, I know, Shaw and Telus, the two big companies, are not government. They they feel like it. I don't know about you guys, but all these electrical companies, all our utility companies, and now the cable companies feel like government organizations. You can't get through. You can't. I mean, it's it's just not subject to change. It feels like. I mean, I know I shouldn't have that that defeatist attitude, and maybe we could make a difference. But I mean, all you can do is switch back and forth between one and the other. You can use one against the other, and that seems to be about it. Why I believe in local control. Yeah. You know, like even if it's a local monopoly, it's way better than federal. A yeah, federal monopoly. Um, so if if it's local, you can, like, you know, I remember like in the early days when I moved in this in this in this place, you know, just like greeting the repairman at the door, and I'd say, "Hey, dude, you suck. Your company sucks, dude." You know, like my life is hell because of you. And he would just, and he would just feel bad, right? He would just feel bad. He was like, you know, look, it's just a job, man. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to provide the internet. But like, yeah, okay, I know it's not you, but when you go back to your office, you need to tell, you know, somebody there that your company is terrible. You're ruining my life. He'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll, uh, I do my best. And I remember in the transition point. I'm not sure what it's like in Canada, but in the U.S. everything's in flux. In the tra- tra- transition point, uh, point uh, Broadstar, they, 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 they lamely tried to, like, 
improve our lives, but they it only took half measures. And they sent out an email one morning. They said, "We're going to provide <laughs> we're going to provide you breakfast tomorrow morning." And, and so everybody in the entire apartment complex is out out there to get their free breakfast from these lame lame ass people. And and their breakfast sucked. I mean, it was like you know, like a breakfast bar. You know, like like a like a like a granola. Yeah, it was like a granola bar plus you know, like a cup of orange juice or something. And everybody was like, "What? This is your breakfast? Your breakfast is as bad as your internet." (laughs) (laughs) So so there are crowds of people screaming at this company. But it's almost as though they're making fun of you because they have complete control. You have no other choice. And well, so and they give you the service and then they can give you a shitty breakfast and they're just making fun of you the whole time. That's the way everybody felt. Where the way I think it should be is that you right. pay for what you use. Your device can rate how good the reception is or how good the quality of the internet that's, is. That's, that's and the, the base of the pay could be that as well. So like you said, you're not sitting on a bunch of um, data that you're not going to use, and the guy beside you is out of data three weeks into the month. You know exactly. I mean, no, that's where we're headed. I th- that's why we we need to get to a competitive system. I'm I'm just saying that I think that pressure from the people is the only way we're going to be able to achieve this. And the and and the reason I celebrated uh, the Trump administration's repeal of net neutrality is that it it brought the problem. Uh, down to the local level where we can actually have an influence. And whereas so long as the federal government, I don't know what to tell you guys, but I don't trust centralized governments to make our lives better. I just don't. I I I feel the same way. I I always look at it as is, I mean, in its current state anyway, for the most part in Canada, I mean, it's pretty corporatized in a lot of ways and, and tough to do, but with with corporations in the most sense, I can always you know quit, but right. once once it's the government, you know they can they have different powers over me to use violence that corporations don't have. That is so true. That's so true. I mean, so long if it's controlled by the federal government, you're never going to win. I, I, I just even if they have humane humanitarian lovely ideals, you know, in the end. It's controlled by uh, uh, the people who can get access to the power. That's why it always was with uh, central governments. I mean, you just you. And and in the, in the case of net neutrality, it was an interesting interesting case because it seemed, uh, you know, on the books like a good idea, you know, but it it never is a good idea if the, if the government's in control, if federal government's in control, central government's in control, you're going to be screwed over one way or the other. And it's always the same thing. It's this little kabuki dance that goes on between the largest, you know, providers uh, on both ends. You know, whether it's the ISPs or the content providers, you know, they were they were doing a little dance with each other, and it was disgusting. I mean, it was it was sickening to see, uh, you know, Verizon and Comcast, you know, with with uh, uh, Amazon and the rest of these parasites, you know. Um, uh, uh, pr- pretending to protect the consumer against racist uh, capitalism. You know, it's like, you know, we could use a little more capitalism, actually. <laughs> you know, not you loser uh, companies, you know, your incumbent uh, 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 establishment uh, uh, companies that, you know, were born 
you know, uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, the companies I care about are the ones that don't yet exist. They're the services that some dude is dreaming up in his garage. It's the disruptors, the revolutionaries who are figuring out weird distributed ways to give me internet for, for free. Not, not just for free, but paying me to surf. Those are the ones that I care about. The companies that don't yet have their business model in place, but they're, they're, they're dreaming. You know, they're, they're the dropouts. You know, the kid that was, that was uh, uh, admitted to Harvard and, and he hates the guts of his classes. So he, he leaves to hang out with his buddies. And they're dreaming of some new distributed system to provide the world the internet, you know, to share bandwidth. Like peer to peer is a good example of that, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. That's what, that's where we're headed. And, you know, we need to not be thinking about in the next 12 months. We need to be thinking about the next 50 years. And in the future, the internet's going to be a peer-to-peer service. It really is. Um, we're, we're, we're going to be able to share excess bandwidth, you know, from places like South Korea or China or Mongolia or, you know, South America. And some, some, someone, uh, a node somewhere in San Jose is, is not using enough of the internet, but that uh, as much internet as he's bought. And we're going to be able to borrow that to get our torrents. Can you guys explain peer-to-peer a little bit for the listeners? Why don't you go ahead? Peer-to-peer is just like, um, so I mean, it's mostly used for torrenting, but it's basically, you've kind of got some semi sort of centralized search engines that you're using to find the, the torrents. But then once you find the torrent, you're not downloading it from a central location. Like say if you you download a program, it'll be coming from up to, you know, some, some of these people have, you know, hundreds of seeders. So you'll, down, you'll download as quick as your internet will allow you. Other ones, you won't have so many. The rarer things, you'll have less seeders. But basically, it's a system where there's no, so like Jerry, there's no in-between. I'm downloading things directly off of other people's computers. Right. So like Jeffrey said, like you're sharing bandwidth with each other as well as content then? Is that, is that what you I would, would say? I guess in some sense, because they're paying for the upload on their end if they're paying for their data, and I'm yeah. paying for the download on my end, and I'm taking micro bits from 30 different users and so that I'm not bogging down their system when I'm downloading something off of their hard drive. And if well, you're, you're a good seeder, then you leave your stuff after you download it for a little bit and give back to the community for, uh, okay. you know, different people have different rules and the pricks just delete it right away. Those are the yeah. people who are kind of leeching off the system like the government. So well, so we've been using peer-to-peer uh, 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 services for content for a very long time, um, as much as 17 years. Right. Um, but what we need to be doing is using peer-to-peer for the internet itself. That's where it gets really radical and really crazy. That's what James talks about. He says where you can start ping-ponging off your neighbors after the internet goes down. He's going to build us a network like off a everyone's private routers. Wi-Fi network yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys are a couple dropouts and start dreaming in your garage. We're in the garage. We're in the... <laughs> <laughs> this is our future. I mean, you know, I hope you understand the world we're headed towards. And I, I think you have to have something of a vision to, to realize just the artificiality of third-party intermediaries uh, and the role they play in our lives, whether it's banks, uh, ISPs, governments, all these people who are making a shit ton of money off of us by providing services, they claim, that we could provide to each other as individuals. 
wherever we live on a geographically non geographically non-contiguous basis so that i'm you know my friend in japan is giving me uh, you know internet service because he doesn't because he's out on a date tonight you know i mean that's where we need to be and there's there's no intermediary that's stopping us this is a world of you you could call it anarchy if you want but really, it's it's a kind of an orderly system of figuring out how to get along with each other, yeah, in a, in a way that bypasses powerful uh, institutions uh, like 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 banks and ISPs and, and 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 governments ultimately that have masqueraded as peacekeepers for hundreds of years, and it turns out that human relationships are really about my connection to you. It's what I'm willing to do for you and what you are willing to do for me. If we can have a technological and social system that's based on that structure, it will not be perfect, but it'll be the best possible outcomes we could ever have. There's nobody smarter than you and me together. And, and we need technologies that, that link us together as individuals. Um, and I, I say it's true for, for money, for law, for uh, internet access, for, for everything. So what I'm really seeing uh, coming in the future is a, is a world of, of extreme individualist anarchism in, in which our, our relationships with each other aren't governed by... Uh, jurisdictional geography, but rather by interest and association and the things that uh, the things our dreams, the the dreams that we have as individuals that we can uh, link up with other people in the world who we don't know uh, that we can dream similar dreams. That that's where we're headed, and we're we're headed there fast. Um, it, it, it's gonna it's it's happening in our lifetimes, and my major goal. Is to is to get rid of anything that stands between us and that. Nice. Well, for us, I mean, for a perfect example, I mean, our our big hangups on 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 like uh, centers of power are PayPal and the banks yeah. and our bank accounts that we now have to pull our money out of. So, in a way, we're kind of starting to develop with the podcast. We're starting to develop that sort of volunteer system. Where exactly. we don't want to tie in with advertisers and we don't want to get into bed with affiliates or any of that bullshit. We're just going to, you pay us. You like the show, you pay us. Not because I you have to, because you want to. And I think once we can get PayPal and these people out of the way, then then we really are kind of invincible. Because we like to joke about how, I mean, this this YouTuber jackass that filmed that dead body is a perfect example. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying I'd agree with what he did or anything like that. But instantly you've got a million people screaming for him to be demonetized. And I will bet you dollars to donuts that he's going to end up demonetized. So the masses were able to kind of, in a way, shut this guy down. I think his following's big enough that but, he's going to be able to bounce back. I, I also have the Vegas, was that today? I was like, I, I'm not totally up to speed on it either. I'm not a big YouTube guy, but this guy's got like 60 million or 100 million subscribers or whatever. He's making a, sh a shit ton of money off of YouTube ads. And he went into the suicide forest in Japan and ended up getting a hanging body on tape, I think. 
and a bunch of people freaked out and are calling for his demonetization. And I think regardless of what he does, does that's a dangerous thing. That's a very bad man. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and I agree. I, I, well, I, I see what regardless what of what he's is, done is, is now the masses are going to be able to shut him off. The masses who don't even listen who to don't him. even listen to his I show are going to be able to shut him off. Whereas in order to shut down somebody, I mean, we're a bad on. example because we're still building this. But if 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 in a in in the ideal world, once it's built, your income is based off of ten thousand people giving you a couple dollars a month. So right. now you need you need to get into the hearts and minds of those people individually and have them turn on you, as opposed to some exec at YouTube that starts feeling the pressure. It's just like that yeah. Black Mirror episode. I haven't seen those yet. Um, the new it's one, just or the like old that. One? Yep, your, your work is based on what people think of you. I, I don't I don't know what what your feelings are about this 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 issue of censorship, but. I, I I I believe in a censorship-free world. I really do. I, I just I want to know. I want to know whatever it is. I want to know it. And I and I think anybody who wants to show it to us, tell it to us, reveal it to us. I don't think that we should have systems that stop that. No, it should take no. care of itself. Yeah, I mean, I, if if Twitter wants to block accounts, fine. If if Facebook wants to ban you because you show. Um, Something that you shouldn't, you know. Okay, that's fine. They, they all have the right, but in the end, I I really do believe in free information flows, you know, and and whatever that amounts to. I I want to know the truth, and I and I, and I, I guess I, you know, I don't know if you've read Voltaire's Candide, but you know, the the, the idea of a freedom is is not that we're going to create a perfect world where everything you see and everything you experience is just lovely and. And perfect, and and um, uh, uh, you know appeals to you spiritually and gets you to heaven and all the rest of it. Rather, it's that if we have freedom, we'll eventually discover the truest possible thing, and it'll be up to us as individuals to make that decision. And I, I really, I really believe in that system. I, I'm I'm a I'm, I'm a liberal at my core. You know, uh, I don't I don't think control is is a better solution than liberality. And, uh, you know, there's lots of ideas I don't like. I don't like Nazism. I don't like racism. I don't like um, communism. Most I of the isms are bad. Right. I don't, there's a lot of things I don't like. But I, I do believe in the freedom of people who do believe those things to be able to express themselves. But I, I think ultimately it's the only, only way we as humans are going to discover the truth is by having... Um, open access, you know, to be able to, to be able to look at things that we disagree with, and to be able to. Our, 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 the human mind is very restless, you know. And if somebody tells us, "Don't look at that," "Don't think that," what are we going to do? You know, we, we're drawn to it. We, that's who we are as individuals. We have restless minds, and, we're, and I, I, I'm not interested in gutting our humanity, really. I, I'm interested in unleashing it because I, I, I fully trust the, the possibilities of, a, of an open world that will eventually, if we have enough openness, uh, find through a process of discovery um, the best thing within us. I really believe this. I do too. So you've been around and, and at this a little while. When did, because I've talked to some other, uh, they call themselves sort of old school liberals that are sort of in that in that um, 
you know, mid fifties range. And when yeah. is cause in my day in the liberals I see in power in Canada don't have any of those sort of ideals of freedom and everything else. It's more about, it's gone from equal opportunity to equal outcome. Right. Um, yeah, there's something in, especially within intellectuals that imagines that they can plan the world, but it's all, it's all pretense. It's all pompous nonsense, really. Um, nobody knows anything. Uh, and that's the reason we have freedom is so that we can discover what we don't know. If we already knew, we wouldn't need freedom. You know, <laughs> if we already knew the truth, we would just codify it and institutionalize it and impose it. And, and, and the world would end, you know, kind of like the church. Yeah. Like a lot of things. Right? <laughs> uh, we don't, we don't, but the, the truth is that that's a lie. You know, and people who claim to come to you and say, well, I, I know so much truth um, that I'm willing to bet on it so in such a hardcore way that I'm willing to uh, use violence uh, to, to impose it. And people like that are dangerous, really, because they want to stop the progress of the world. And I only believe in the process of discovery. I only believe in the idea that tonight... I will go to bed, I will put my head on my pillow, and I will go to bed uh, tonight, and I will say, I am stupid compared to what I might be tomorrow. Tomorrow, I might know more. Next week, I'll know even more. Next month, I'll discover something that currently humanity does not know. Ten years from now, there will be a world that I can't right now imagine. Right? We need to come to terms with this as human beings. We need to be that kind of person that can rest with, with comfort in our uncertainty and in our ignorance so that we can wake up to a better world tomorrow. But we have to come to terms with freedom. We have to be willing to embrace it and love it if we want to live in that kind of world. If humanity could use a little more wonder these days. Yeah. And a little less, you know. Well, I mean, little, that's little, what a little, little community of Grimerica is like. like we I heard really it, try not to 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 be. I heard it said pretty good the other day. Is like quit fucking worrying about what you don't want and start spending some time thinking about what you do want. Yeah, and just right? see what happens just doing that. Yeah, and try to try to make it a reality for yourself. You know, I mean, uh, try to make it a, for, a reality for yourself and and for others. And you know, the, the odd thing about about the human mind is that. In a strange way, that's what we're really good at. We're really good at getting better at things. You know, we're not good at perfecting things. We're not good at knowing the final truth. But we're pretty good at dis- at improving things. Um, so, to me, that's the benefit of freedom: is that it it allows us to have that sort of terrain terrain of play, as as Sigmund Freud called it. You know, to uh, to discover the new way towards happiness, which, which we will never finally achieve. But it would least- be really great as long as society could agree to think on mass seven generations ahead of now. Yeah. And so that nothing we do between now and then will stop that harms yeah. them, but actually makes it better for them. And if all of society was thinking that way and moving in that direction, instead of just saying, okay, no more laws, everybody go buck wild. Like you probably kill off like a bunch of people right away. I mean, 
Like, you know, for like 500 years, uh, uh, humanity has has had this weird moment in, in history, which in, during which time we we vaguely began to realize that we needed freedom to, to find out things. And it happened at the end of the religious wars in Europe. I mean, there was all these arguments. Should we be Catholic? Should we be Protestant? You know, should we believe in transubstantiation or, pro, or consubstantiation? You know, is there a succession of priesthood, you know, and so on and so on. And people were killing each other for, for so long. And finally, one day, people woke up and said, well, you, how about we have a new system? And, and it goes like this. You can believe whatever you want, so long as you don't hurt other people for believing something that's different. And basically, Europe agreed, you know, and the Treaty of Westphalia happened, you know, and, and gradually this system of liberty unfolded and 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 brilliant minds said well why don't we do the same thing for speech how about for for print how about for trade how about how about we just have liberty for everybody and the only rule is don't hurt anyone you know and and that that system is what made our lives so much better than they ever were before and it was at that moment in, in history, it was like in a blink of an eye, we suddenly got rich, we got, um, we got technologies, we, we upgraded ourselves as animals to, to such an extent. <laughs> and, and then we turned against it in the 20th century. We're like, ah, the system sucks, you know, what, you know liberty sucks or whatever. Let's, let's, let's uh, impose the final solution, you know. Do well, I, I think some of that has to do with the, the you know, because... Uh, you know, in the States, and, and I love going down to the Pacific Northwest and going through Oregon and Washington and Idaho because you see these little free markets that, that literally don't exist in Canada anymore. Really? And sometimes in Canada, I wonder, you know, if it isn't too late because, and I've I've done this rant several times on the show, so I apologize for the people that have heard it before, but I mean, I, I've driven across most of Canada and, and every fucking city or town you stop into is going to have that same business center with the same 15 stores. You know, you got three places to get coffees. You got four different fast food restaurants. Maybe you got an Outback Steakhouse and a Red Lobster and a Olive Garden and a Walmart and a Staples. But, you know, I, I could write down 20 companies on a piece of paper and you could go for a road trip down the Trans-Canada and you're not going to see too many companies that aren't on that that fucking list i forget where i was going with that well i think you're i don't know can you're, i say the t word the technocracy word can you guys hear me is this yeah, good? yeah, okay. yeah. technocracy so is that an okay word to say in this in not bad i mean that's existed for a hundred years so yeah exactly but the ideal from what i understand is that every jewel is counted and all the way across the board and everything, resources and expenditures and everything on the entire planet, you have to have control of it all. And if you look at that, that's really kind of the way we're marching. So in a lot of ways, you know, a lot of these things are going to be figured out anyway. The monetization of your own thoughts, you know, so... Yeah. That's got that platform is being built right now. I'm sure and it it's is. just waiting it to take off. And quantum quantum computers need data as food. So 
once they build these things and monetize it so that you can have your little drip of money, then all that data is feeding the quantum computers. And they're just getting nope. faster and smarter. No, am I wrong on that? No, it's, it's very exciting times in which we live. And I'm, I'm, I'm most excited about it because, I mean, in the last nine years, we've seen unleashed on the world technologies that have actually subverted the capacity of governments to control things. And it, it takes a while to mature, but we actually have it. We have the blockchain. Um, we have peer-to-peer uh, -peer networks. And all these things live outside of geography. Which the, and governments live within geography. Um, the new digital networks live outside of geography. And governments live within physical space. The new distributed networks live outside of physical space. So w there's a war for the human heart and the human mind taking place between digits and governments. <clears throat> I mean, that's the essence of the times in which we live. And, I, and between the two, I, I'm betting on digits because I think technology has a way of outlasting any regime. Like regimes are just dudes with power, but but ideas—that's where the real power is. That's where the brilliance happens. That's where the immutability is. That's those are the things that live in the human mind. So how do we monetize it? You can't monetize that's, a network. Yeah, that's the the great trick uh, going forward. What's the right way? That's the question, I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer to that. And I, th I think the answer is counterintuitive in a way. You know, I, re I remember uh, <laughs> I remember the very first time somebody sent me a link. They said, you should try this new search engine called Google. And I looked at it and I thought, well, that's pretty awesome. But it, it'll never make money because it's free. <laughs> I couldn't think my way around it. I couldn't figure out how Google could ever make money. And, and, and it was a, a similar thing with Facebook. Um, eventually, you know, I think ultimately the, the ultimate commoditizable thing in this world is, is our minds. It's, it's, our, it's our attention. It's our willingness of our hearts to, to focus on something. And if we can ever more come up with economic systems that can commoditize that and monetize that, then I, I think we'll, we'll live in a more humane world. And I think we're getting there. It's just taking us a long time. I would, I would, I would probably tend to agree, especially, I mean, it seems like the last big pillar to fall is going to be energy. Like when we can figure that one out and I can drive my car without going to Petro Canada and shit like that, or without having this gas bill or the hydro or the what we, electricity bill. And plugs in our walls. I mean, I'm embarrassed every time yeah, I, I I stick a, a, a you know, a, a plastic thing with prongs, you know, into the wall. I'm like, dude, this is, this sucks. So That's much. funny. I was I, just thinking that the other day. Cause I was plugging in my, my, my nice, my MacBook air. It's pretty old now, but still, when you look at it, it's a nice thing, you know, it's a nice cool. state of the art computer. And I plug cool. this thing into the wall and it gives that little, you know, every once in a while you get that little blue spark that shoots <laughs> out as you're plugging it in. And it's just like, and this is where we're at. I can touch the screen on this thing and talk to anybody in the hey, fucking world. Have you, but have I you, uh, have you experienced that, um, 
uh, I, I can't, I'm, just, I'm just like hungry every day for this world because I know it's coming. And I, we have to break through the monopolies to get there. But the other day I picked up a uh, uh, an iPhone X, which I, I, I love. I truly love it. But I, I bought a charger for it that doesn't require a plug. Yeah, I've seen those. Oh, listen, I, I, it's, it's such a vision of the future. And it's yes, it's a little lame now. But you and you have to plug, yeah, you have to plug it in, and so that's stupid, right? But but ultimately, you set your little miracle device, which is the iPhone X, um, and you just throw it on on top of this little thing, and the machine, I don't know, discerns its its presence and starts pumping it full of of charge, you know, and you can feel what's coming, you know. We're gonna live in a wireless world. I mean, we're just at the beginning of this. I mean, I think we all need to think of ourselves as, I don't know, you know, just the, the first generation uh, that, that experienced fire for the first time or railroad life, yeah. something like that, you know? Uh, like, we're just at the beginning of this. So we're going to have to watch our whole village be burned down? <laughs> Probably once or twice. <laughs> Probably once or twice, yeah. I mean, is it going to be like a, we're going to be the Mayan? You know, we just all of a sudden they don't know why everyone disappeared because they discovered they 5G. had the fucking internet. The they discovered the internet 5G and, that was it. and it just right. killed everybody. And like, pfft. but but for now, I mean, you you're, you're surrounded by wires. You can look around yourself oh, right now. Man, this right here, I feel I feel sick for a day after being in here for a while. The pod, the podcast studio is an old walk-in freezer converted into a studio with uh, an unbelievable amount of electronics inside it. This TV right here that I can almost touch, when you walk by it within like a foot and a half, you go deaf in one ear. <laughs> yeah, right? It's a little older. <laughs> live in a physical world. But I mean, that being said, I, I know more people, and this is something that... 15 or 20 years ago, there was nothing. It was like the people that got out of the workaday world were the people that were, you know, day traders or they started a business that they, <clears throat> that, you know, for the most part needed their attention for 40 years or 30 years before maybe they could retire comfortably and things like that. And all of a sudden, you know, in the last five years, I can't count on the digits on my body, the amount of people I know that have given that up started their own highly successful businesses with zero to no or you know very limited overhead and and now are working two days a week and making more than they would have made you know in a year and five years at their old job packing meat or whatever they were doing and they're doing it from from thousands of different people that just want to chip in and i mean like michael was saying with the different models whether it's going to be paywalls or 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 forums the way Corbett does it, that if you want to comment or whether the value for value way that we're oh doing God. it is going to seems like, like there should be a standard. Well, I think, there I think there will, will there will be a, a standard eventually, or there will be something that be, becomes more popular. I think the problem with the value for value thing right now is it's still not easy enough. So you have to go through PayPal. So you probably have to have a credit card and blah, blah, blah. Once it's to the point that, you know, and there's kind of minimums when it gets to the point that someone can just send us, you know, five cents every episode or something like that easily and they just do it through blockchain and it doesn't cost them anything and it's just like bang bang then all of a sudden maybe you can get to 50 percent of people supporting you instead of one or two percent but i mean people are managing to survive on that one two percent so i think that's like 
we're already starting to see that that revolution where where people are breaking free from the workaday world and starting these companies, whether it be YouTube or I mean, I still like the podcast model a little bit better because YouTube is highly centralized. And like I was talking about before, you're seeing people getting shut down because whether it's advertisers or other people bitching, um, that's a, that's a weak spot. So I guess where I'm going with this is I don't know what value, what model is going to win out for podcasting and this sort of media, whether it's going to be the value for value or the subscription model or the paywall model or the cut the interview in half model and pay for the rest, but it's not going to be advertising. It, it could be that you will tokenize your podcast in the future. And one of the weird things that happened in 2017 is that we saw tokenization of, 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 of services take off as a, as a, a venture capitalist model, a, a democratized version of venture cap, uh, capitalization. Hmm. And, hmm. And, and it you was mean amazing. like crowdsourcing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you you start a service, right? So you've got a podcast, and so, so you create a token around your podcast, and then that token begins to um, uh, uh, go out on the market. Some people buy the token, and it itself becomes something that people buy and provides you funding. I mean, so that would be like almost having your own cryptocurrency in a sense. Exactly, and and I, I I'm sorry, I don't have the data immediately at hand, but um, in 2017. The amount of venture funding that was provided through ICOs uh, exceeded that which was uh, done by conventional or, or old form venture uh, capitalization, and and of course exactly at the moment when uh, when ICO funding uh, exceeded uh, old style VC funding, the SEC came along and said, "Oh, this is bad. <laughs> uh, this this is a security." Um, uh, if you're going to do this, you have to register with us. And, and it freaked everybody out, right? At least in the United States. But, but there's plenty of places in the world where, where that level of uh, control did not happen, one of which is Russia. So um, one of the things that happened in Russia in 2017 is that $300 million were raised through ICOs. Uh, ICOs in Russia are, are, are out of control. So you know, anybody who's got anything to offer the world, they, they tokenize it, and it becomes a tradable um, uh, ownership claim and a protocol, basically, you know? And, and, and so we democratized uh, capitalism at that moment. Is that why and everyone hates Putin so much? <laughs> 300 million is not much. Well, it's not that much, but it's but it's 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 a it's a good start, I, and that that figure is only in my head because I read about the topic today. But um, but um, and I I'm sorry I don't have other figures in my head, but, but I've written about ICOs. And, but ICOs are the are the future. They're, they'll probably be called called something else because the IC because uh, the SEC uh, shut them down um, this don't, year. Don't you think it'll be standardized, though? I mean, the governments can only allow things to grow to a certain amount, and then they have to cut it off and standardize it. But I mean, it's, that's it's, what they do. So I, we'll probably end up. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I do. I get embarrassed for civilization by these kind of efforts. I really do. I mean, like in in the in the, in the twelfth uh, century, um, some people in Europe invented the horseshoe. And it was it was a great moment in, in the history of civilization because you took a, a beast and you gave it longevity and you gave it 
like 10 times the power. You know, like a, a horse with an iron shoe is a lot more powerful, like 10, 20 times more powerful than a horse without an iron shoe. All right. So somebody invented the horseshoe. And we don't know who it was, but, <laughs> you know, right. We don't even have a name. But we know it happened because there weren't any horseshoes in the 9th century, and there were in the 13th century. So somewhere in there, somebody invented the horseshoe. And that transformed agriculture. It, it, it made our crops become 10, 100 times more uh, uh, fruitful than they were before. The, this, this beast called we called the horse became a mega beast, you know, this, like overnight because of one invention. So here's the question you have to ask yourself. Let's say some baron or lord or some, you know, potentate, you know, and some German principality had banned the horseshoe. Would it have gone away? Would it have just disappeared from the history of the earth? I don't think so. Ideas are more powerful than governments. The horseshoe was an awesome thing. A good idea whose time has come cannot be stopped. Maybe it can be stopped for a few years. They, they can slow it down. Maybe they'll delay progress for a decade, something like that. But ultimately, it's going to prevail. And I feel this way about, uh, about ICO technology, about the capacity to tokenize mm -hmm. uh, your human efforts. So I look at this, you know, I think about this in light of your podcast, right? So let's say you could, you could just tokenize your podcast. And, 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 and put out uh, a token about your awesomeness and, and, and invite the world to buy your token. Um, and, and, and suddenly you're, you're flooded with money. And let's, let's say you, let's say you, <laughs> yeah, let's say you do something, me, man, tokenize me. Right. Right. And let's say you do something truly immoral, like pay people to pump your coin. <laughs> and and that gives you suddenly hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars of funding. Um, you know, uh, I I I, don't, I just don't see the problem there. I mean, to me, that's that's where we're headed. Like everything we do should be monetized. We should be celebrated by the whole world for our our dignity, our awesomeness, our talents. And we need a technology to make that possible. I think the ICO gives us an insight into how this is actually possible. And it's not a surprise to me that it was, it was, it was uh, attacked by the U.S. government this year. Mm. I mean, but it's bullshit. I mean, it's just not going to last. It's just not going to last. I mean, give it, give it a few years. I mean, money talks. It really does. Well, and the other good thing about tech is like, um, I actually steal this one from Michael's playbook, but without, I mean, even the, the people who think we've come too far and, you know, the, the tech's destroying us, uh, they got to look at the other aspect of it, that um, all the sort of spiritualism and the inner work and the, the things that people are having the, the time to kind of do on mass, not yet, but they're starting to do it on mass nowadays. And Graham with all his biohacking and, and, and I mean, even, even, um, you being able to to concentrate on on whatever is all things that weren't weren't afforded to us even three hundred years ago or five hundred yeah. years ago because all your fucking time was concentrating on how to survive. So as we can use this tech to sort of free up more of that time, I mean, who knows? 
who knows what's fucking possible when people have time to think about the what they actually want or you know how they could improve the world instead of how to fucking make ends meet that's right that's right and if we can get governments out of the way we'll figure it out i i don't i have every confidence in the capacity of individuals and innovators and creators and Right out of the um, gate, do you think? Or do you think we need to, like, kind of slip into libertarianism for a generation or so? And then sort of, because I always think that anarchy is, like, maybe too much too soon. I don't, I don't even believe in libertarianism as an ideology. I, I, I don't think anybody, anybody needs to be conscious of having some, some theory. I, I really, I, all we need is, is to, to, to have governments out of the way and we can figure out the rest. I, I don't think we need to have an ideology, really. I Are there any examples of that currently? Is there any place in the world we can kind of look to as a small, even example of that? Um, yeah, there are indications of of this in in, in places like Liechtenstein, I would say. Um, maybe uh, uh, to a lesser extent um, Switzerland. But the funny thing is that I don't even think it's geographic. I mean, to me, if you don't mind my saying so, not at all. You you can you can go to the dark web and and see. And I don't know how much you're familiar with what goes on on the dark web, but you see the capacity for. I've heard you could buy drugs. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> but you, you see buy anything. You see the capacity for individuals without uh, uh, without any concern for geography to get along and to make a beautiful order among themselves. I mean, basically, yeah. There's there's some shitheads in the world, but we're not violent people. We 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 are all trying to survive, and all we need is the technology to make that um, to make that happen, and we'll we'll figure it out. I, you know, I I just don't, you know, I don't think governments are smarter than individuals. I don't. I think individuals themselves are. Maybe we're not brilliant, but we we're we're scrappy. You know, <laughs> you know. It's, and, and it's kind of a weird oxymoron in a sense because it's like you get that. Um, where a person is smart, but people are stupid. But yeah, at the yeah. same time, the power of the collective mind in the sort of the hive mind sense with the, yeah. that the internet allows is, is, you know, well, the government is supposed to be thinking seven generations. I, I know. But, yeah. They're setting standards so that some Yahoo doesn't fuck it all up. They've hijacked. So the stupid. government's been hijacked. But, and and I've been spending a lot of, of time these days with with Freud, and I, I'm I'm sorry to report that to you, but I, I just I, I adore his his writings and his thinking, and he's very suspicious of of of, of collective um, groupthink, you know, as embodying governments. But he's very confident about the capacity of individuals to work through all their problems and to find find ways to to make a better life. Um, for ourselves, so long as we have freedom, and 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 the the ability to fix the problems as we discover them, and and to find new ways of doing things, and I don't know, I'm I'm feeling, I'm I'm feeling like our technology is allowing us to do this in a way. And whereas like 50 years ago, as 100 years ago, we didn't know we could do this really. We we relied on these, I think, false gods of, of governments essentially. Hmm. Or, or and and religions to to some extent too, but 
but but mainly states because religions religions are a little can be grotesque in the sense that they can intimidate you and and uh, uh, trick you and and create a lot of illusions. But governments are worse because they can actually like put you in jail. And I don't know if you've ever been in jail, but there's something really really weird about being on one side of the bars, you know, and they're really bars and they're steel <laughs> and, and you're sitting there, you know, and looking on the other side of the bar and you're like, fuck you. You think you can keep me? Yes, you can. And that's <laughs> at the freest levels, right? Oh, I'm sorry you were angry. I was, I was not angry. I was, I had a pretty good time actually. <laughs> in, in yeah. I was just there overnight. So, Oh, and listen, I, but I was just fucking with everybody, man. I mean, I was asking for stuff every 10 minutes. And I, know, I right, had everybody yeah. laughing. It was awesome. I thought it was that's, fun. It was like, you're a good sport. That's not that I want to go there for like a long time. Oh, that's not what I'm be, saying. Exactly. It was just but there's one something night. really weird about the other side of the bars. You're like, you're like, I'm on this side. You're on that side, you know, and <laughs> I don't know. There's something about the bars, bars, barbarism. I mean, that really, there's a reason they're called bars. I mean, why is it called blockchain? If that doesn't imply slavery, I don't know what does. (laughs) Like, if they want to sell this as a new tech, that was no no block, no chain. That was not the right words. Yeah, I agree with you. Totally yelling, and I apologize to all of you. Something other than chain, right? So, you, gentlemen, I, I've got to head out. I'm so sorry. It's so fun to hang out with you tonight. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. no problem. Thanks for coming on the show. And yeah, yeah, it's been fun. We went a long way from net neutrality to Freud. So that's yeah. good. That's, that's usually awesome. how it goes. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. usually how it goes. Okay. Well, big thanks, Jeff, for coming on the show. Um, well, any any place our listeners can track you down or follow your work yeah, if they're so inclined. I'm, now, I'm, I'm the editorial director of the American Institute for Economic Research. I'm very, very honored to be uh, associated with this illustrious institution. It, it makes me very happy, and I'm, I'm, I was very pleased to hear you read that name tonight. So you can find all my writings there, and I write every day. So, and otherwise, you know, you can you can you can the quick Google will pull up. A lot of thanks, but thank you so much for having me, and thank thank you for being such wonderful and thoughtful colleagues. I appreciate it very thank much. Thank you. You look like such a wonderfully happy person. So continue that <laughs> for everyone else's sake. <laughs> thank you, my friends. Thanks. Okay. 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 Bye bye. And that was our chat with uh, Mr. Jeffrey A. Tucker. That was a fun one. Yeah, you know what? I had was a question. You got, no, like you know what? You for once, I actually didn't get a question in. You guys were did you not ask a single show. question? No, no. I mean the question I wanted to, oh. which was, you know how he talked about the his vision of the future and how in the 20th century freedom sort of fell apart. It seemed, and yet I wanted to know what he thought about the last year since the Trump administration has been, and like, is there been a shift the other way now? Like, well, it seems to me like he's gonna freedom has is. another chance. He's going to be there right? is because he's a big deregulatory guy, and I think the latest stats on the Trump administration were like, for every new regulation they've instituted, they've kiboshed sixteen. So he might see that as a as a path in the right direction, as he opposed to he just jumping right no, into anarchy like this. Yeah, is he, at least he says in the right it on direction. the Corbett report interview that he believes in no regulation which i mean could be dangerous in its own right too but yeah it's a, that's a tough it's one for the me, constitutional yeah. republic 
it's tough it to say. To be. And you're going to have regulation because it's a corporation. But so it's, there's policy. It's tough to say because it's never been tried, too. Like, we've never tried the other way of just saying, fuck it, man. Nobody's in charge. Let's see what happens. What? That's what the U.S. was to start with. That's well, what it yeah, was. that's what it was like a couple hundred years ago. But it hasn't been, it hasn't been tried, like, any time anytime fucking. No, it's been heavily regulated. That's right. true. And there needs to be a lot less regulation. But you can't say that there would be no regulation. That's craziness. Like, you have to have lines on the road so that everyone stays No lines on the road. There's not even no, roads. People How can you have lines on the road when there's no roads? Okay, so you... What? We all have flying cars now? No, but the roads aren't going to get built. <laughs> well, the one thing I did want to say that he was talking about how great it was that he had this free web access that, like, you know, when Google came along, they gave him... He, he Googled Google and got a free email account, you know, and how yeah. wonderful that was. Well, I went to college in a beautiful place on a lake, and I was excited to go to that college because I wanted to play in the on the lake and in the mountains and everything. But that was in the mid-90s, and all the free Hotmail and Gmail was just becoming a thing. And everybody was inside for as long as the library was open on their computers there, because no one had their own computers, really. I mean, they did, but but everybody went to the library or whatever, and they're all on their free email, emailing each other, their free, I don't know, what was that thing called? MySpace? MySpace, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, hey, anyone want to take a canoe and go? But it was hard to get people. There was, you know, a very small group, and it sounded like just 10 years earlier, everyone was out, you know, that was like a big reason everyone went there. And from there, that was the mid-90s, that was 20 years ago. So now it's just like, I don't know, man. I think the whole thing is There's it's probably more. Wonderful. I bet you if you went there today, there'd be more people in the canoes. Maybe. Maybe. They did have Because like I an, think there is that silent sort of up, uprising of the fucking, you know, the people like you or like there my is. wife that are that are wanting to get out to nature. There seems to be more of that than there was when I was younger. And I'm not against the technology by any means. And I'm sorry if he took offense to what I was saying, because I tend to just... I guess do that, but I mean, the tech is there and it's important, you know, but at the same time, if I have a pencil in my pocket and my iPhone, I know the pencil works every time as long as I can charge it. Well, the real risk of technology, I and you know. guys kind of touched on it in pencils. a sec for a sec is the real risk is, is Graham the, has no lead in his pencil. I can't even fucking say anything. <laughs> we should come here. I talked about the pencil in my pocket. I'm sorry. You derailed it into penis jokes. <laughs> the real risk is, is as we rely more on it, the EMP is only a Carrington event away or a fucking, you know, or a, so a, a malicious We're already act. fucked from the EMP, so just let tech keep going so it'll hopefully become EMP proof. Yeah. Which is... No, but that's, that's no the real risk. space though. and nothing leaves how many, Earth orbit. I wonder how many Tesla are in Earth orbit. Like, if he's going to shoot one to Mars, then he's probably already got one in Earth orbit, right? There's probably a regulation about like, can you just a Tesla go up, in orbit. Can you pay, like, a, I don't know, like, Ten, $10 million dollars. Apparently, for ten grand, we can put a cube satellite in space that just orbits around, repeating the Grand America show, till it falls to Earth in a couple of years, hmm. burns up. Ten grand. That's what James says. He is the handler. I don't know. Would you trust <laughs> that they actually do it, or do they just laugh at you, turn their backs and laugh at you? 
They're like, oh yeah, and then they, up there they, and you it just, burned up. Uh-huh. You just go on the website. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not for a couple they're of just, years. They've they just filmed it on a string. Yeah, apparently they give you a tracking thing, but they could totally just be just, like yeah. sending you like, oh, time to ping James. Ding, ding, oh. And really, your, your show's just coming through the internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go to here. Go to www.americasatellite.com. Yeah, we trust you. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, big thanks to Jeffrey for coming on the yeah, show. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Very, uh, very articulate, very, very yeah, positive yeah. as well. If you guys enjoy that freedom chat, then help uh, support our freedom by heading over to grimerica.ca slash support. Token, token up. And token up with some PayPal money <laughs> into our account. That's, we don't have a token. We, could really, well, you could give we us, could really create a meme around that. You could token. do Bitcoin and stuff. We could really token it up. Yeah, <laughs> we could. <laughs> I think he's, I mean, he's definitely right. Everyone has to have wallets at this point. Do the and, well, he I mean, was to, when just, you mentioned standardizing it. That's is, what he's talking about. It it. How do you pull it off? I know, and we were agreeing on a lot of it. Jerry yeah. knows how to do it. Jerry could make us a coin. It, I don't know how it works. I know fucking nothing about it. But no, I but that's well, different. That's, than, that's different yeah. than the ICO he's talking about, which is interesting because no, when, the he, future. Yeah, when he's talking about token, that's what he's basically talking about. Is becomes Grimerica becomes a divisible thing, but instead of having a company with shares, we're a company that has this infinitely divisible fucking token. Whether we make one of them or ten of them or a hundred of them, and that's it, or you can buy them. We have a jar of them, and you can buy them, and maybe they go up or down. But it has value. The so whole thing people, is fucking crazy to me. Still, I still like don't you, grasp it. Well, here's the thing: you have to Google and Facebook and all the big companies. They want to monetize all of it, so all the things that you do. So the more things that you input, the more they would pay you for that. Think of Google like a company. Where you don't have, they don't pay for you to come to work and sit in their cubicle. Instead, you stay at home or do it from wherever and you just input data. And so they're paying you for what you're doing all day long. You're monetizing your mental effort, basically, in whatever creative way you want to do. And the more quality, still be broke. the more quality, the more thumbs up points that you get, the more you're worth. And so your money is worth whatever the social thinks you're worth so head over to support and help up our worth yeah because i mean you guys would be worth way more that way because hey, there's we're so worth, many people that you know what we're worth 0.7 percent yeah you're just saying that your your donation is so low right as a you know if you were to aggregate it across all the people that are downloading it so but if it was if everyone was giving you a thumbs up or like five stars basically then you would be gaining money like that. Yeah, that's it's too it. black mirror for me, man. It's too easy to sabotage that thing. Well, I mean, for now, we'll settle problem, for a like... couple bucks. Sign up for a monthly at the PayPal account, grimerica.za slash support, and support freedom. He's really trying to end this episode here. We're oh, look, we got talk. a new... Hey, look, just as I said that, oh, new sub. Just... Really? Sorry, nice. Couple two, two came out. Oh, you get two emails. Oh. Once for the, the ones for the payment. Thanks and for, for the, the new subscription. Daniel B., Daniel B, nice. The second I talk about supporting the show. Welcome, Daniel B. So head out to grabmarket.ca slash support. Do sign up for a monthly, and let's uh, help spread a little freedom. We do have a Bitcoin wallet. Uh, I don't know the address offhand, but it is on the support page. And in the show notes. Yeah, and someone is bugging me to make a Litecoin wallet as well. So I figure at this point, every time someone emails me and asks me to make a Well, just be careful with that To accept a coin. Next thing you know, you're going to get, you know. Well, you got to find a wallet. 
Dark well, that's what I mean. People ask me trust. to make wallets, so I make a wallet. I'll make this Litecoin wallet, and I think it's okay to have a couple bucks in all these different cryptos. Okay. Because if we, you know, well, maybe we'll have, have like we'll have like ten Litecoins. Maybe they'll be worth twenty grand one day. Alrighty. Yeah. Okay. Then. I'll support you in that. Maybe yeah. I'll accidentally give them yeah. away before that. If I were you, I'd figure out how to spend them. That sounds to be the problem. We figured out how to spend our yeah, Bitcoin. Just give and we it spent away. it too soon. He that's, gave it away. No, we spent guy, some too. Never got it back. Yeah, he said, he's like, no, we, that never happened. And then I sent him a screenshot of the transaction and dark. <laughs> never responded to anything ever again. Too bad, really. But we were able to spend some Bitcoin on some jingles. Can't we go back after him now, especially that he's probably made quite a bit, just ask him 50%? Profit back, like, look, yeah. we know you made eleven grand. When you, when you just we know you made eleven grand for money. We we know you made eleven grand off our is. mistake. I can't remember now. I knew who it was oh, because it was something that I had specifically it would just be bought. A funny episode. It, it would. Just, we should do it because I had bought. You know what it was? Down. I think it was someone enough. on Fiverr. It was someone on Fiverr that I had fucking paid to make me a fucking jingle with Bitcoin. And then I accidentally, I didn't know how to work Slipped. my wallet properly. Like, so someone's like, hey, I'm going to send you some Bitcoin. I'm going to send you a half a Bitcoin. And this was when they were only like 200 bucks a piece. Well, in the first days, that was how people were really making good money, was tricking other people because they didn't know what was going on. The whole so thing I was, was like, yeah, like, okay, totally send me the checks. Bitcoin. So I was like, so I went not into my wallet. Not that he did that. I'm not no, saying he didn't that, do that. that guy did that. I but, went into my wallet well, and I sent it. He didn't give it back. That's tricksy enough. But there were. No, that, that was, was not him, scam. though. The guy who sent it to oh, me. Oh, yeah. I just gave him the wrong number. So I went into my. Instead of going to my receive, I accidentally clicked on the send page and it had the last address that I had sent money to in there. So I clicked on that, sent it to Buddy. He's like, okay, I sent it over. You see anything? No, no. Then I realized my mistake. And then I emailed Buddy and he's like, oh, no, it never happened. No. So then I sent him the transaction screenshot that Buddy sent to me and then nothing. Crickets. Let's track him down. Let's fucking like track him down and say, look, buddy, Bitcoin. we know, well, we know it's worth that, 11 grand right now. We just want give us 100 bucks. Give me my 100 bucks back. 50% of the profits. Give us 100 please. bucks back. Please. The government saying, oh, we got caught off guard here. We didn't know. We don't have the jurisdiction and everything all figured out yet. The so. government? What? Well, how are you going to... You got to find somebody. Well, we got, we got enough dudes named Ben out there to fucking oh, yeah, track him down. Know. We'll fucking hire a PI. Yeah, but see, that's... Like well, I've got an email somewhere to track them down, saying. but then what? Now we're not really going to get the police or the government involved. Are you kidding? Now all of a sudden we're fucking shining no, a spotlight right on this operation. Just, it's all digital. It you should happened. be able to just no, say, that's "Look, not good that was karma, a mistake." Bro. No, no, no. You just say, "Look, that was a mistake." It should have. The transaction should have reversed immediately. <laughs> there shouldn't have been anything after that. The guy would just be like, "Oh, I made a mistake," and he's like, "Okay, here you go." Here, I mean, honestly, here you go. That's what the computerized digital system is supposed to do: is make it to where no, no, it no. has. You to can't be fucking phase out douchebaggery. That's no, what it's he for. gave him the wrong address, and he sent it in. So how you can't just reverse that transaction? It's like to that's send the it thing to somebody about Bitcoin. random. Bit, I I gave him someone, not someone random. The last Fiverr account that he sent Bitcoin to. So that'd be like, you're just at home. You did some work with me like a year ago. You don't know who I am. You just did a random gig. All of a sudden you wake up one morning and there's an extra $100 of Bitcoin in your account. And then like a couple of weeks later, some dude starts emailing you asking you for that money. Well, it's your money. If you're keeping track of That's it, it right. was in your bank account. You're right. At the time, it was if only it was, 100 bucks. If it was, now it's if it was grand, cash, if so it was 10 grand, maybe Buddy would, would fucking say like, hey, okay. <laughs> Probably it. not still. I mean, I that's it. the thing about Bitcoin. It's like, I mean, freedom, no freedom doesn't mean protection. Freedom just means freedom. 
but you should so you're have still been free able to, to call, fucking be duped. You should have been able to call someone or something, whatever, in Bitcoin and say, hey, man, that was wrong. Can you look at that account? No, 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 no. Then you're centralized. Then you're asking for centralization. You want someone to be able to step in. You should just not do stupid things. This is where Jeffrey's view is. You're just doing something that you shouldn't have done. So you're pay. I paid a hundred dollars for that mistake. So you think the best thing to do centralized in any way? Well, no, I'm saying I don't want a centralized governing body like the Royal Bank that I need to call to complain about things. That'd be like being wanting to. uh, I mean, that's the same. That's a government. Seems to me it was digital. You made a mistake. It should be easily rectifiable. And but you're right. It is a character story. so what if it's cash? Out of it. What if it's cash and you give your send your cash to the wrong person? Was, You're not getting it back. And if this was a social, you know, the social monetization thing, then you would have made a bunch of extra money on That's what right. you, you would have made that ten grand on all the people that are like, this is fun following this. I don't know about ten grand, but <laughs> ten bucks. Ten bucks. I don't know. Maybe probably a couple subs. But no, I don't think I don't think that see, no, I think I don't think there should be. I disagree people. that that you should be able to call someone and. If you fuck it up and that person, it's on human nature now. So if that person's nice, a good person, and they want to give that back to you, then that's on them. But See, I don't think I need to be able to call someone to rat them out. No, call exactly. Someone. I agree with you because he should have thought about the bigger picture and said, if we want this Bitcoin thing to work, then you have to be somewhat honest and send that shit back. Otherwise, people, that's just going to, you know, in a in a philosophical, contextual way, that's going to force people away Who knows from what that system, guy was going right? through, though? Maybe he needed the money more than we did. To me, it seems like a criminal mind. Well, it's That's just, it's too, it's not like what Jeffrey thinks of, of humanity, right? That's the kind of the opposite. It's of hard to get to the to utopic. You might have it in mind, but it's going to be extremely difficult. But no one's saying then again, it. Maybe no, but he that's what even, he's saying. He is he's not fucking saying anything about utopic. No, There's no maybe he utopic. never got your email. I know, I know. Freedom doesn't mean protection. It doesn't mean utopia. It doesn't mean anything. It just means what, exactly maybe that. maybe he didn't it's even freedom. get your email. Freedom to make your own mistakes, freedom to fall, freedom to get back up again. Maybe he didn't get your email. Maybe he deleted it. Maybe like it was an honest mistake. Could have been. Just, like Bill says, he's like, you just can't think. You can't. With those currencies, and he's got he's almost like you got to think of it like when you're a day trader or something like that. You can't dwell on that fucking fuck bad. It. We can fucking dwell on that bad trade. This isn't the same fucking situation. We're going to go after him for half the fucking profits. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next weekend. If you are uh, a lawyer dude named Ben that can help us track down this random jingle maker and sue him back to the Stone Age. If it was a jingle maker, he could have been a fiver for something else, too. No, I was a jingle maker. Was it? You, you did the only, do uh, other fivers. You did art or something. I did no. art the one did time, but art? that was it. I actually found this other weird section of Fiverr where people are like, eat paint, <laughs> things like that for money. That's what, that's what the fucking blockchain it? is fucking devolved to. <laughs> I'll eat paint for five bucks. Go to the dark web where you watch somebody eat paint for five bucks. You can fucking fuck that. If you're going to watch someone eat paint, watch Graham eat paint. America.ca slash support. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Five pink flamingos and a few flamenco dancers. They're in the kitchen and they're baking day of the dead cookies. And I step into the kitchen And I'm like, let me have a looky See what kind of cookie you're cooking up And they're looking up at me, skeptical 
And I point decks to my spectacles And I'm wearing a maroon Harvard t-shirt Yeah, I know I'm a smart cookie, but I'm no psychic You can come and ring my bell But where we're gonna end up in the future, I can never tell I can never tell Five of my best friends and a few of my enemies. We're at the coffee shop and we're settling our differences. Benjamin Otto pulls out a game of Chinese checkers and he orders a cappuccino. And I pick blue and he picks red and you pick yellow. And I'm wearing a tie-dye peace sign t-shirt Yeah, I know I'm a peace nick, but I ain't no hypocrite You can come and ring my bell But where we're gonna end up in the future, I can never tell I can never tell One bell sense of smell I can smell the salt in your tears and I can sense your fears you're hoping for a bit of divinity in this worldly vicinity and you understand the fragility of the human vessel and you sit Indian style like a pretzel and you levitate through a transcendental state when you meditate and you levitate to a transcendental state when you meditate. And you levitate to a transcendental state when you meditate. And you levitate to a transcendental state when you meditate. Says blue, but if it's balls, it just won't do. For America, 